Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fall and welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by Coconut, the ultimate accounting and tax tool for self-employed people. With expense tracking, receipt capture, invoicing and tax all in one easy to use app. Coconut gives you the power of a finance team in your pocket. Get started today. Get coconut.com slash being freelance. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for web designer, Diane Laidlaw. It's more of a boundary thing, which I think as a freelance, we tend to lack because we're so excited about our jobs. We're so excited about what we're doing that we forget that actually we have other stuff going on, like ourselves, like our family, like our partners. What clients really need is just someone to understand them and someone to kind of lead them in some ways and say, oh, actually, this may not work. How about if we tried this? You know, rather than just being a yes man to all of your clients, I think people really love someone who's got a bit of personality. They know what they're doing. They're not just here to take your money. They're actually here to help you and your business. Your mental health is way more important than anything that a client has got to give to you. Yes, and there is Diane. Her story coming up very soon indeed. How are you? Hope all is well. Go to bingfreelance.com to find all of the episodes, the videos. I've started making my vlog again, so it'd be lovely if you check that out on YouTube. Whereas I chat to everybody else about what they get up to being freelance, the videos uh, and me and sort of like my freelance life. So thank you so much if you've been watching that and commenting. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review wherever you get your podcasts and come join the community at beingfreelance.com. There's a link through. Uh, we do the Non-Employee of the Week Awards, the live Q&As. It's just lots of laughs and support. And this week we started our first ever book club. Well, it was on Monday. You, you've missed it, but you can check out what we thought of the 12-week year at beingfreelance.com and also in the community. And come join us now as we get started on our next book, as we decide what the next book will be. So beingfreelance.com has got all of the links. And thanks so much to everybody who joined in with the book club. Honestly, I don't think I would have read that book. <laughs> like, it normally takes me ages to read books because there was a deadline. I had to do it. So thanks to everybody who took part. Right, let's crack on, shall we? Chat to this week's guest. And that is freelance web designer, Diane Laidlaw. Hey, Diane. Hi. Okay, as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Okay. Well, I got started maybe about 10 years ago, I think it is now. Um, I just had my son and uh, I was at home, very bored, didn't know what to do with myself. I had an idea for an online store, had no money, decided I'm going to create this store in like six weeks, did all my research, decided to uh, create a website myself got everything up and ready and launched and within about I don't know four months of me launching this site I had tons of people come up to me saying who did your site rather than actually buy from the store I must have had like four I must have had like four customers on the store but I had way too many people got asking me you know who did your website and I said I did my website and literally from that point on I've not stopped making websites for people so I closed, I closed down the other business <laughs> and just like, just taught myself literally on the job how to create websites. And that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years. I love that story there. <laughs> that's so funny. You suddenly find yourself as a web designer. Yeah. But also presumably par- like parenting it. So you just had your son, had you? Yes. My son was like, at that time, maybe about eight months old. 
so I would have on one monitor, I would have me kind of designing stuff. And then on another monitor, I would have me teaching him the ABC on YouTube. <laughs> and that used to be basically <laughs> what was happening for like a year and a half. And it actually really worked because, you know, by the time he got to about two, he was telling me his numbers backwards from 100. He did really, really well. So it's like we're both learning at the same time. So, yeah, it was so cool. I thought you were going to say by the time he was two, he was sending out my invoices. Exactly. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> so how did it grow? So at first it's all people seeing the site. Yeah. So it literally, my business grew through word of mouth. So I did a website for a couple of my friends and then they told their friends. And um, I'm quite introverted and quite shy. I would very rarely use my Facebook to say, oh, look, guys, like this is, I'm doing this now. I would very rarely do it. So um, the fact that my friends would always put the word out for me really, really helped me now when um, I create a website. I'm happy to kind of show it on all social media and people get to know, okay, this is what Diane does. And, you know, um, they, they, they like that literally is the most amount of traffic I get or the most amount of jobs that I get are literally awful word of mouth now. Um and I haven't done anything extra. It's only maybe last year, I think I started working more on my own SEO um, so I could uh, get much higher in like Google rankings. And that has actually helped with getting a different type of clientele, which is cool. But yeah, more more often than not, it has been through word of mouth, which has been a good thing. And then sometimes it has been a bad thing as well. <laughs> In terms of that SEO, that's interesting. Did what terms did you go after? So you because you're a web designer, based, you're in London, right? Yes, I am. So. I'm guessing that's got a lot of web designers in it. So how how what did you go after? What did you do? I went for WordPress web designer because that's basically the main thing that I work with. And mm -hmm. I'm number one, I think, uh, for London wow. for it. Yeah. So it's good because it gets a whole different type of clientele that I wouldn't have been exposed to. And it's good because a large majority of those clientele have the budgets that I want to work with. Uh, whereas sometimes when you work uh, as a person who is constantly doing word of mouth, sometimes you might do a deal for one person and then that person goes back and says, yeah, I've got this website for like a grand. And they'll be like, yeah, that'd be great. But actually your rates are no longer that it's something else so <laughs> mm. sometimes that could be the problem when it comes to working with a certain clientele uh, but overall I think the SEO thing really really has helped me out for sure. How do you filter which projects to take on or not? I wrote down a list recently about, you know, literally what type of projects do I want to take on. And I've decided that I want to work with projects that really excite me. To, that I think that's the number one thing is that if I look at their brief and I'm like, oh, I really want to do this, then that's definitely, you know, up there as, right, I'm going to take that project. Another one would have to be uh, what their budget is like. Another one would also have to be like how far they are in the progress because some people come to you just at the start and they're not quite sure what to do. Some people have already decided what they want to do. They just want someone to build out the website. I find working with those clients a little bit more easier. Projects go quite quicker. 
And because I'm a work at home mum, my time is very, you know, it's, I have very little time. I don't work nine to five. I have to cut up my day. So it's important that I spend that time working on projects that I really enjoy doing and that I don't have to micromanage people. That's uh, a a major thing for me. Have you sort of figured out how to make that happen though like in terms of micromanaging because I've done this for so long now it's pretty easy once you do a discovery call with someone which is you know the first call that you make uh, just to distinguish what type of website they need or usually you can tell from that phone call how far they are I've got a list of questions which I ask them I have a very brief planner on my website as well which they go on and they uh, fill in I also have right at the top of the planner what is the minimum budget so if they come to that planner and they've got under that budget immediately they know okay you know she's too pricey for what I need or whatever so that kind of filters out whether people have got the budget or not um but definitely having a conversation with them it usually from that conversation you can usually tell how far somebody is um but also making sure you have a really good contract in place so if you do have a a meeting with someone and you do kind of suss maybe may have to add a little bit to this contract because there's a possibility this project can last for six months instead of you know three months or whatever then uh, again I think it's just through my own intuition and just knowing having different conversations with people and kind of knowing where somebody is whether they really know what their business is about whether they're established Uh, I know that there's another web designer friend of mine who only works with businesses who have been established for two years because already she's like, they know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, it's just really establishing it from that initial phone call and just making sure you've got the right contract in place. And then if there is any scope creep, you've already got that kind of in your contract. Mm. Did you find that putting that, you know, you mentioned there's like a minimum budget sort of thing, like here's a an idea of what this might cost you yeah at least this have you always had that did you put it on no and then find something changed like so because I've been self-taught it's been very difficult for me to come up with ideas about how much I should charge for my work so in the beginning phases I charged very little because I was like I don't even know what I'm doing you know (laughs) the fact that you're paying me is a blessing but um so I really I charged really low for a while and it's very difficult over the years I've had to raise up my prices and raise them up and raise them up and more look at it like a business rather than a hobby um, which is what I was doing for a while and even now I'm like oh, I have to raise it again so in the next couple of months I'm like looking to raise the fees again not because I'm trying to be greedy but I really know how much I'm worth now and I think that's really helped me in terms of making sure that I put in the right amount but it hasn't been easy and Actually, you do get clients who will pay what you need, which is one which is which was one of my biggest fears is that if I put the money up, then I'm going to have less clients or no one's going to pay that amount of money. But actually, I've managed to get people who wanted to only pay, I don't know, like 700 pounds for a website. And now they're paying, you know, over two grand for that website. And they wouldn't have thought that they were going to do that before because I had that conversation with me they're able to see the value they've now bumped it up so it's just getting over that initial fear first of all that I'm going to lose clients but then also knowing that even if I do lose clients I'm working less 
So I'm not stressing myself out as much. But if I've got like one or two clients a month, that's better than having one or two clients that's paying this amount rather than having six or seven or even up to 10 clients who are only paying a small amount because you're just stressing yourself out especially when you don't really have like an assistant or anything like that. It just becomes a bit too much. Sorry, I'm rambling. I'm not even sure if I answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great answer. How do you manage those periods of of stress? You found a way to get around it, but when you're in them. Oh, so I I take Wednesdays off, actually. I call them my self-care days and I take Wednesdays off. I don't do any client work. I actually go to therapy. (laughs) I do whatever the hell I want, which is either get my feet done or go and take a walk in the park. Um, I don't answer calls after a certain time. So it's it's more of a boundary thing, which I think as a freelance, we tend to lack because we're so excited about our jobs. We're so excited about what we're doing that we forget that actually we have other stuff going on like ourselves like our family like our our partners so just making sure you have appropriate boundaries and making sure that you don't answer your phone every time it rings or you don't go to the email every time you get an email just kind of giving yourself that space to answer when it's relevant for you to answer i think it's important um mm. so yeah, that's what I've basically had to do in certain situations where, you know, it feels like the client may be taking the mickey a little bit is you just, I've just had to set certain boundaries and say, okay, well, you can't contact me during, you know, after nine, because that's crazy. <laughs> 9 p.m. on a Saturday is just not the right time to kind of, you know, let's just keep it business hours. <laughs> Please don't contact me on WhatsApp. You know, let's just try to keep it to email. Um, so yeah, just putting in appropriate boundaries, I think is super important. And do you say to your clients, I'm not around on a Wednesday? I do. I tell my clients I'm not around on a Wednesday and those are my self-care days. And some of them are like, wow, I've got self-care days, uh, too. Some of them are like, actually, that's a really good idea. But, um, (laughs) I've, the reason why I have those days is because I've actually worked with, um, two guys who, had a mental breakdown while I was working with them. And it was literally because they were working constantly all the time. And that really scared me as a mother to think that, you know, I I love my work so much and the fact that I can be so engrossed in it and forget everything else. Um, It just scared me. And I just thought, no, I have to have a time out or a day where it's just me. And I'm okay with that. And I'm not answering to anybody's, I don't feel I have to answer to everybody, you know, because your mental health is way more important than anything that a client has got to give to you. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So just having that balance, I think is just so, so important. Yeah. Have you expanded your services at all so you you were designing websites yeah so I was designing the websites and um I actually do YouTube as well so I show other businesses or individuals how to use WordPress and I just do it all through my YouTube channel um and it's been quite entertaining actually because it's kind of forked off into other things too where I've got plug-in uh, companies that would contact me and they would ask me to review their plugins on my channel, uh, which is really cool. 
I get to work hand in hand with uh, plugin developers and get to help improve their products. Um, I get to teach people from all around the world. So I love teaching. I've always loved teaching. And the fact that I get to kind of mix that with what I'm doing, kind of give back because when I learned how to create my website back when I was making that that shop, I used YouTube, you know, so the fact that I can now give back and be showing other people is a big thing for me. I really love it. How long have you been doing that? Mm, about five or six years now, I think. How have you found that over time? Um... <laughs> Doing videos is not uh, it's not an easy it's not easy. <laughs> I think mm. designing websites is way more easier for me than making these videos. Simply because I don't like to, as much as I'm rambling now, I don't like to ramble in my videos. So I'm very like straight cut to the you know I'm very straightforward in my videos, and that's what a lot of people like them for. But it's difficult to try to find the time to try and fit that in as well as the fact that I've got all of this work that I need to do. I've got my self-care Wednesdays. But this year I've been more dedicated and said, right, every week I'm just going to put a video out um, because there are so many things that we, that I just need to talk about it, but I just not, I haven't actually allocated enough time to it. So it's not like I don't have time. It's just that I'm not allocating time properly. Like, do you sometimes record more than one at once? Yes. Yes. So I have to batch um, record them and then I would upload. So I would have like four videos that I would record and then I would upload those four videos. So I won't have to think about it for another month. And then during that month, I might think about other topics, but I won't have to worry about, oh, my gosh, it's Wednesday. I've got to put something up. You know what I mean? It's already pre-done. So, yeah, that's that's basically the only way I've been able to do it. It's just batch recording them. It just helps so much. And how have you found doing YouTube has helped you? Um, when it comes to web design, it's helped me a lot because when I have to show somebody how a particular plugin or how a particular function works, I'm literally teaching somebody who I'm assuming doesn't know anything. So when it comes to designing websites and me having to maybe hand off that website to my client, I am more thinking about how is this going to be user friendly for my client? How is my client who maybe just knows how to email only? How is my client going to be able to interact with the back end of this? How can I make it simpler? So it's helped me in terms of simplifying things, you know, um, and making sure that my clients who probably don't know how to do a bunch of stuff online just how to make them feel at ease with it um so when I hand off a website I don't really sit down with them for an hour and say okay you have to do this that and the other I present videos to them as well which they find very helpful because they can go back to it and listen to it whenever they need to so it's just it's helped simplify a lot of things in that way in terms of how I think about how users are interacting interacting with things that's brilliant you use them as part of your business yes do people find you? Like, does it bring you business as well? Or? It does, actually, um, where you've got some really frustrated agency owners who are like, do you know what? I've watched your video, but I just can't be bothered. Just do it for me, please. <laughs> 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 or they've come on my website and they've been, you know, they really like my website and they're like, oh, could we've got some work that's coming. Could you help us? It's, it's um, there's, yeah, there's many ways in which I've made different types of income using YouTube, for sure. It's helped 
when I've watched people on YouTube or people have watched me on YouTube, I find that um, that they feel like they know you and it's almost mm. like they want to work with you. It's not like you, you, it almost takes out that selling element. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I've not really ever felt like I've had to sell myself, which is maybe a bit of a blessing for me. But um, most people who have contacted me, whether they've gone through word of mouth, whether they've done it through Google, they have been impressed by something. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, they haven't. They won't go through the, the contact form and try to, you know, contact me. But yeah, I do get people who it does feel like they may know me so I'm in a lot of Facebook groups that work with WordPress and a lot of people understand my humor um or they'll say you know if it doesn't have a swear word in Diane's videos then Diane's probably sick you know what I mean there's something <laughs> there must be something wrong with her she didn't swear today you know um so in that way they kind of get me and my website I try to kind of put that part of my personality forward as well so it's again my website's quite simple there's not really swearing on it but you know there's a cheeky side to it Mm. and I've had people who have gone out of their way to find me because they really want to work with me but I don't know whether it's because they watched my video or because they saw my work or because they may have read a blog I'm 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 not sure how it how how it is but I have been blessed to not actually have to sit on the phone and have to sell people myself it's more I I talk to people and try to figure out what it is that they want and I think what people really need what clients really need is just someone to understand them and someone to kind of lead them in some ways and say oh actually this may not work how about if we try this you know, rather than just being a yes man to all of your clients. I think people really love someone who's got a bit of personality. They know what they're doing. They're not just here to take your money. They're actually here to help you and your business. And I think when I've spoken to people on the phone, that's how I've always come across. I've never had to say, no, I've done this website. I've done that. I do YouTube. I've never had to come on and say that to anyone. Do you work from home? I do. What have you found works for you, like working from within the same place that you also calling home um what works for me is probably habit every morning I wake up I have a particular thing that I do and I just consistently do that every time and because of that I now have this habit of I'm going to work even though I'm only going downstairs (laughs) but I do set myself up because I do have to bring my son to school so I bring my son to school and then I go for a drive just to clear my mind. And sometimes I listen to uh, audio books. Then once I've done that drive, I'm in the mood to work. So I go back home and it's almost like I'm going into the office, but I'm not. I'm just going home and then I'll sit down and I'll do my work until about three o'clock until the school run is ready again. Um, I don't watch TV, so I don't get easily distracted I actually have ADHD. So the fact that I don't get easily distracted (laughs) is um, mainly because I have to put things in place. So I don't answer to email straight away. I don't answer to phone calls straight away. I have a to-do list of things that I need to get done for that day. Things that I might be able to get away with not getting done. I have that on my list. So as long as I'm kind of going through that list and I've cut off most distractions then I'm pretty much good. The problem lied in when to stop, actually. That was my biggest problem 
was, right, now it's five o'clock or now it's six o'clock, stop. For a while, I didn't do that. Sometimes I would carry the work in into the night um, because I was so amped and excited about what I was doing. But now it's pretty much like I have a time and that's it. I'm not working anymore during after that time. If I am working, then it's probably just to sketch out what I've got to do tomorrow. But in terms of trying to balance out the right, I've stopped working. Now it's family time. Now I need to wash the dishes. Now I need to hoover. Now I need to check the post. Now I need to do these other things. Yeah, I've had to incorporate that because those type of things, I would leave it to the wayside and uh, just be work, 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 work. How about the weekend? Weekend would be the same thing. It would be like, oh, it's Saturday. Now I can work and not have to talk to clients at all. That's... (laughs) That's that's basically. So, do you work on a Saturday? Not anymore. No. How how did you get out of doing that? I think it's just trying to understand what is important. My son's nine now, and you could spend so much of your time working as a freelancer and being amped because it's your thing, it's your business, it's your dream. But the most important thing is also learning that you have to balance. It's not always about work. And I think for a while, as a single parent, I battered myself. I was like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm in a room, the same room that I share with my son, but I'm not sitting and playing with him. I'm, you know, doing all of this work for my clients. But at the end of the day, my clients are at home with their families and probably enjoying their time with their children or their partners. So I had to be patient with myself and not batter myself anymore about it and just make like little moves every day and just say, right, I'm going to stop work at this time. I'm going to dedicate myself to doing this and not be so um, focused on the one thing. And the uh, other people who are listening also may have ADHD, which makes it a little bit worse because with ADHD, you've got this thing called hyperfocus, which is as much as people say, you know, you know, ADHD is where you can't focus. There's a part of you which can hyper-focus, which means you stay focused on something for so long that you find it hard to break away. And I noticed that with me having ADHD, I was getting into these hyper-focus stages for way too long. Um, so I had to kind of ease myself out of it and find other things which could also give me the same type of joy um, outside of... Um, you know, sitting and doing and doing computer work or uh, works for my clients. So um, it's not been easy, but it's just been something that I've just had to tell myself that, you know, there's more important things than HTML and CSS. Obviously, you kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say you started by accident. I did. <laughs> you were self-taught, therefore you weren't like part of a community of web designers for example yeah that's right Uh, but have you become part of any since yes for sure so on facebook i'm a part of quite a few facebook groups they got like meetups and stuff which they do in london i might go to a few not that many because obviously i've got my my little one but um yeah it's, it's quite it's quite lonesome when you're working from home so it is important even if you're not meeting up with people who are in the same you know job as you it is important to kind of meet up with other freelancers because it does get a bit like you know I haven't spoken to an adult properly in like a couple of days there is this cabin fever thing that goes on where you're not even sure if you can hold a proper conversation anymore with an adult um 
So getting out and mixing with the freelance community in general, I think is quite important. My friend actually, she runs um, uh, a Christmas freelancers event. Every Christmas she gets as many freelancers as she could because we don't have office parties. So she gets all the freelancers to come and we kind of all have a drink and a party at this uh, place in East London, which is quite cool. But in general, I think that you know, freelancers need to be in the community because it does get really lonesome, especially if you're working from home. And have you had any sort of like business help or mentors? I've had bits and pieces from different people. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. And in some ways I'm being mentored by these people, even though they're just, you know, things that I'm watching on YouTube. But also just in general in life, when you do freelance, you do realise that, uh, you know, some things, for instance, where I was charging a a very low amount in beginning parts of my uh, career, I had to come to a realisation about how I was treating my business and how I was treating myself. And I had to kind of get over myself so to speak in order for me to start charging rates which I was happy with and I did speak to a mentor actually about that and you know she basically just gave me a time frame she was like just give yourself you know 12 weeks put your rates up to this month to this amount of money give yourself 12 weeks and see what happens in those 12 weeks and whereas before you know, I might have had that thought, but I didn't have anybody to bounce that thought off. Um, I may have thought that, but not have done it. But now I had somebody who was there telling me to do it and she was actually checking in on me. It kind of helped me kind of get to where I needed to go and have the confidence to say, well, actually, I can put my rates up and it's not going to be detrimental. People are going to pay me my rates because they believe that that's you know, an okay rate to pay you. Like I had to get over that. So the mentoring that I have has been direct, but also indirect. And they both worked. Now, Diane, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? Okay. I play the drums. I read tarot. I DJ. Oh my gosh. Hey. So when did you start playing the drums? Uh, about four years ago. Oh, I see. Only what? What made you? <laughs> just, just a lot of pent up aggression together. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> now I've always had an obsession about drummers. Um, I'm into jazz, so yeah. But drumming, I think, was the next best step for me. Cool. You read tarot. Yes. When did you pick that up? Um, about two years ago. How did you get into it? And do you have some sort of mystic name? I don't wish to take the mick out of tarot readers, by the way. (laughs) But if I was a tarot reader, I'd have my own mystic name. Well, my mystic name is Luna D. And I... (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And uh, I started reading tarot because one day I had a dream... And it was about me going into, when I was a child, I remember going into my mum's drawer in her bedroom and she had tarot cards in there. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if I should buy some tarot cards. And I did. And Mm. I started reading for my friends and yeah, they were like, wow, you're really impressive. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> and do you have a DJ name? Um, Miss Laidlaw, which is actually my surname. And what sort of music do you like to DJ? Well, I'm into jazz, but a lot of my uh, music that I DJ is kind of semi-jazz, semi-hip-hop. It's more kind of like the 70s and 80s era. So a bit of funk, a little bit of boogie, a little bit of hip-hop. This okay. is hard, isn't it? This is hard, actually, because <laughs> only one of these is a lie. And I'll be honest with you, they all sound like lies. <laughs> Um, which doesn't often happen. If that's the sort of stuff you DJs, I want to come see you DJ. That okay. sounds very nice. I think that sounds good. Miss Laidlaw on the poster, I'm imagining. <laughs> Luna D. Mm-hmm. Luna D. You came up with that very quickly, which suggests that that's true. But I was also expecting you go, no, I don't have a mystic name. I just do it. Which makes me think, did you make that up? Because I'd said it. Ha! Drummer. I mean, so, uh, drumming two years... Five years. It was five years. Oh, was it five years? Sorry, two years was terrible. Okay, so five years ago, your son was four. You've got a growing business. Have you got enough time to suddenly go out and play jazz drums? (laughs) (sighs) I just don't know. I really don't. Okay, I'm going to say the lie is the tarot cards. (gasps) It was the drumming, actually. Oh! <laughs> I want to learn how to drum, like, desperately, but, yeah, I'm not going to squeeze that in my life right now. <laughs> I knew you didn't have time to play the drums. I was sitting here thinking, did I have time to play the drums when my kids were four? Oh, and I don't have the space wow. for it either. My neighbours would be complaining completely unless I'd buy one of those digital ones where you just hear it in your headphones, but, yeah. Yeah. Even those must result in some sort of weird tap, tap, tapping yeah. that there's mice wearing clogs next door. Exactly. And I'm really um, heavy handed, so they're definitely going to hear it. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Uh, the world is your oyster and learn to balance everything out. Learn to balance your work. Learn that there is life after work. Don't always be on the grind. And it's also fine to have lots of interest in different things. This whole uh, idea of, you know, you can only focus on one thing at a time. Don't be, is it, what's the saying? A master of... Uh, a jack of all trades. A jack of all trades. There's more to actually that saying, a jack of all trades, that actually suggests that you can do loads of different things, but people only stick to one part of that, which is being a jack of all trades, a master of none. But there's actually more to it than that. Um, and in my mind, I oh, always right. thought that being a jack of all trades and a master of none was, was a bad thing. Um, but actually, you can be a jack of all trades if you're really passionate about the stuff that you're doing. So um, I wouldn't let, I wouldn't feel that concentrating on one thing is the be all and end all. And that's what I would tell myself, Mm. my younger self. I meant to say, actually, what did you do? So before you had your son, what did you do for a living then? Oh my gosh, I did everything that I didn't want to do. (laughs) I really didn't know for a long time what I wanted to do. So I was doing lots of like customer services jobs and then I was working for Newham Council for a while. And then after I got made redundant from that job, which was in 2008, I was like, that's it. I'm not working for anybody 
ever again. I'm done. So I actually started working on a radio station and I was DJing on this radio station and they really liked me there. So they were like, could you kind of help out the other DJs there? I stayed there until I got pregnant. And then when I got pregnant and I was at home, I was like, right, what else can I do? <laughs> but my jobs were just all, I, I really didn't know what it is that I wanted to do until I started doing what I'm doing now. And now I'm like, wow, if I had all the money in the world, if I won the lottery, I still would want to do this. That's why I know that mm. I'm on the right track, you know? Yeah, I really love what I do. <laughs> Diane, thanks so much for taking the time. Go to beingfreelance.com. There'll be links through so that you can check out Diane's site and her on YouTube. And who who knows? She might even read your tarot or, or you might hear a DJ at some point. Yeah. Also, speaking, since we are as about being freelance parents as well, I do the other podcast for freelancing parents called Doing It For The Kids uh, with myself and Frankie from the Doing It For The Kids community. So please do search for that and listen uh, if that counts to you as well. But for now... Diane, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you.